Alrighty, I've named this one the Star-Crossed Lovers. A tree split in, split in two both provide for me. One still standing, one on its side, what has happened to thee? Were they in love, torn apart by the elements, a potential danger to us all? But now this makes me contemplate, what becomes of us in the fall? The Haith is a land of endless possibility. Between vast stretches of land and sea are communities of animal folk, living life and sharing in its wonder. Flocks of buggy creatures also share in the bounty of the land, from herds of bumbles to beetles to moths delivering letters by moonlight. And although the war was recent and not forgotten, a widespread culture of hospitality and kindness fills the hearts of many. The lonely conquerors of the past will remain as such. So what are you waiting for? Journey is out there, just waiting for you to dive in, and stories are waiting to be found. Come join us for another adventure and see what lies ahead. And don't forget to start with your left foot forward. and welcome to Left Foot Forward. I am your host, Daisy, and this is a Wanderhome actual play series where we build the wonderful land of Haith together and fill the world with beautiful stories. Wanderhome is a game written by J-Dragon and published by Possum Creek Games. If you want to check out the game, there will be a link to where you can find it in the episode description. And, as always, I have a guest with me on the show today, uh, hello, thank you for joining. Uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, uh, I'm Dare. Um, they, he, she pronouns are all good, as long as you switch them up, I'm fine. Um, yeah, I'm a poet, uh, tabletop creator, um, just sort of person in the tabletop space at this point. It's the easiest way to describe me. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, I'm... Super excited to have you on. Uh, listeners, Dare's a really cool person. Go give them a follow on the Twitters or wherever. Um, and TikTok. Go support her on TikTok. I, I could plug those. I could give an official <laughs> place where to find me as well. Um, I'll also have those in the episode description too. So wonderful. Go check those out too. Yeah. Um, I am on Twitter and TikTok at NBDare, E-N-B-Y-D-A-R-E. Um, those are the best ways to keep up with me. I make a lot of videos about either being queer or playing tabletops uh, and just a lot of thirst trap selfies. So, you know, a little something for everybody. <laughs> Some good content, I will say. All around. Okay, so now that uh, the class has heard our introductions, I guess, I'm going to give a brief overview of what we're about to do, and then we can roll on into it. So, much like uh, the other episodes in this series, we are going to do a little bit of an interview, maybe. My interview skills might have improved from the first episode, but who knows? 
but side by side, we are also going to be building up the character that you will play within this session of Wander Home. I will also uh, kind of frame your character choices with the ones I made for my own character, just to give any listeners a refresher and also let you know who you'll be interacting with as we play. Um, But without further ado, let's start off with one of the first questions I have. And that is about your experience with tabletop RPGs. You can talk about how you got into them if you want, but uh, what what's the what's the dealio here? <laughs> how long have you been playing? Uh, do you have a favorite game? Uh, maybe many different games. Um, I love talking about tabletop, so absolutely. <laughs> um, I started playing them in college back right like twenty early twenty fifteen, pretty soon after five e launched. Uh, with a friend um, who just got me into them and like I was hooked on that type of storytelling Um, and then just as I got more I think out and queer I started just and like listen to occasional like more and more like podcasts and stuff about them I I ended up gaining a deeper appreciation for them as a a tool for telling stories as instead of just a thing that uh, you can do with a bunch of friends Um, so I think like Last year is really when I took the full-on plunge into the world of tabletop. As uh, October is when I started like officially streaming, um, and then from there I have written. I have like three games that are in the drafts that I've written, and one day will release to the world. <laughs> um, and just I, I started caring a lot about talking about them and encouraging people to play more and more, um, and then just sort of. Uh, weirdly being decent at networking and just ending up talking about tabletops uh, a lot of places and guesting with my like very unique worldview as like a a queer uh, non-binary black person and sort of talking about how all of those come into play with the games I like and stories I like to tell Um, and then games I really like uh, I, I am a sucker for superhero stuff. I love masks a lot because yes. I like I like superheroes. They're very fun for me. Um, I don't know if it's just like it's they're a great game about especially teenage ones because it's oh I think the intertwining of identity with like feeling like you need to do something to make the world a better place and how those can clash and come in tandem and help you figure out who you are. Uh, mean a lot, shockingly, to someone who's very trans. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I've never explicitly heard it in those words and that in that framing before, but that totally makes sense because I think playing and running masks is where I've learned the most about myself. Yeah, uh, I've I've played it and ran it, and yeah, no, it's uh, playing and running masks for like a group of very like like a very trans people it's a very interesting way of like oh a lot of people play into the aspects of the versions of who they were and them coming into more of who they are now and it's i'd love to see it yeah that that's a good game that's a good poll <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm sorry i'm just thinking about my the mask games i played now <laughs> Everyone at home, unpack this, and you will find it to be true. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
I love that. I, I've, I've, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't even have anything else to say about it. <laughs> you got me speechless. <laughs> um, but to get back on track a bit and and kind of piggyback off that question and and keep getting more into into the good the goodness of TTRPGs and and what we really like about them. Um, what is the favorite thing or, or your favorite thing that TTRPGs let you do? We kind of hit this on the head a little bit back there with, with like the stories you want to tell and, and discovering ourselves. But is there anything explicitly or, or in particular that keeps you coming back for more? Um, I think the two big things for me are it, it's the, the act of creation. I, I normally GM in my like, home away from streaming games i just don't have the time to like gm often but i i create worlds in which like every like queerness is is universal um you know making worlds in which either oppression is not common or if it is something that there is a plan and ways to like circumvent it or even like upend it um and i think there's a beauty in being able to make worlds in which you feel and see yourself like truly represented uh and able to make something act like better for yourself and feeling that sense of like we we did this together we have made something in which the world looks fuller and less hateful and more beautiful because of it yeah yeah that's that's amazing i i basically kind of the same way about that too it's just the the, the intersection of everybody's like everybody's brain space, I guess that, that creates just something where you look, you step back and you look at it and you go, wow, that's, that's super cool. It's a little bit like being both the writer and director and actor in a, in a TV show. I think maybe feels like kind of like that. Oh yeah. That's, Look, you don't have to worry about like the representation issue in casting when you're the representation and the yeah. cast. <laughs> oh, yeah, hey, that's really cool. Just thinking about all my other friends now that I've played with. <sighs> I always say that, I don't know, maybe this is a little, little self-burn or something, but I always say that uh, all my players and, and all the people I play with always come up with the best ideas and, and the best things to add. Um, I, I, you got to give yourself credit. I will say <laughs> first off, but uh, especially, I mean like the, the, the people you bring to the table says a lot about you in a good way as well. Um, if, if you have filled your table with very talented, creative people, you are probably talented and creative as well. <laughs> That's good to hear. It's good to hear. <laughs> Still, I shine most with other people. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that's it's great to bounce your ideas off of other very fascinating and like incredible people. I will also always say the best people are the ones I stream with or play with, and never myself because they're the ones who push me higher. Yeah. Well, then I'll uh, I'll bounce that uh, statement right back at you then. <laughs> <laughs> you're probably with them for a good reason because you are also there <laughs> making them get higher too. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. And and speaking of all of this, um, creating collectively and together, uh, that's what we're here to do today in the game of Wander Home. So we can wipe on over to our playbook creation and kind of start to talk about the um, the the character you'd like to bring into this world. Mm-hmm. On the the PDF of of the book that I sent to you, if you um, go to page forty seven or, or or page fifty seven of the PDF. Um, it has the list of all of the playbooks with within the within the main text. Uh, I'm not sure if you had a chance to look at them yet, oh, or yeah. if any particular I one, have one that's is... speaking to me. All right, I'd love to hear it. Uh, shockingly, to no one, the poet is the one that's that's jumping at me. <gasps> oh yes. Uh, do you want to read on the um, the page that the the full poet playbook is on? There's oh, yeah. a little tagline below the name. Um, why don't you read off that little description and, and tell us a little bit about why that uh, why that drew your attention, other than the <laughs> the first obvious reason. Um, yeah, of course. Uh, the Poet. The Song of the World is a poem that can only be captured by ink and paper, if only you could find the right words. You are alive. Your care is eloquent, observant, and occasionally overwrought. Yep, that's just me. <laughs> um, it's it's just like, uh, especially for a game that's focused on just like capturing the beauty of the world around me. Getting to just just do that means I I get to very much lean into. I don't play myself often. I, mm-hmm. I don't play games in which like I I play my own type, um, like the quieter aspects of me. And I think this is a good way of getting to do that. Honestly. That's wonderful. I might have the same sort of inspiration for my playbook as well <laughs> that I chose. Um, but, but I also, first off, I love the poet. It, it's cool. It You don't really so think neat. about that part of journeying a lot. At least, maybe I, I, other people do, maybe. But, but I don't. I don't always necessarily think of the the, the contemplation. Or the the recording of it a lot, at least in games. But so so this is is always really cool to see um, that side of things. For my playbook, though, the the, the playbook I will will be playing is the Moth Tender, um, who is essentially like a post person in in this world. Uh, there are carrier moths that travel across the Haith, bringing letters, news, and tiny boxes. You wander the land, keeping an eye on the moths and their towers. Um, so my character Mina has started on her journey across the land to kind of decide where she wants to end up, um, which you know may or may not be uh, a line to my own life, where I'm trying to figure out what it is I want to do <laughs> while portraying an incredibly anxious rabbit, <laughs> but. Uh, I, I really like that. Uh, I really, I really like that. Uh, that choice there. I'm bringing so like can... all of my NPR energy into this. I'm very like, 
I like I'm going in as like quiet and relaxed as I I, I can for this. Normally I'm a lot more like big environment. I think I'm gonna think I'm gonna play this a bit closer to the chest and a lot more uh, contemplative. I like that. I like that. So let's let's start. Um... Hopefully, I don't throw you off on that too. If I ever get too much, maybe, maybe, oh, uh, oh, it's maybe this, it's a time for only, my character. That'll only make it funner. <laughs> maybe it'll be a time for for Mina to, to <laughs> calm down a little bit too. Uh, but yes, let's let's go through and and fill out this playbook some more. If you want to start off, uh, if you have these readily available, a name and some pronouns. If you still need to think on it, we can always wrap back around to it. But just going down the list. I'll, I'll be honest. It's always funny. Uh, names are the worst part of my character creation. I <laughs> always start from the back up. Names are the hardest part for me. I can That's totally fair. In two minutes, the name will take me ten years. <laughs> Hey, that's totally fair. Names can be very important in in tying it all together. And and I've definitely sat thinking like, okay, here are some names that could work, but that's just not it. So I understand. Um, Would you like to then let's move on to the other parts and fill that out to maybe gain that inspiration? Yes, please. (laughs) Okay. Um, what are you thinking then for your your animal form? As everyone around the Haith is uh, an animal person, I I'm thinking either a porcupine or a hedgehog. Honestly, I think Ooh. I think as a pensive animal, I think the hedgehog. I like um, that. I, I think I think as a writer, this this leans into. If you know the hedgehog's dilemma, uh, I think this might help inform some of what my my character's energy is going to be. I am not familiar with the uh, particulars of the hedgehog's dilemma. Um, And I I don't 100% know if the hedgehog's dilemma is super real or something that's like I remember watching in Ava. Uh, it's a it's a metaphor about like intimacy and like hedgehogs Mm. seek to like get closer to each other during cold weather but they're also like are spiny and they can Mm -hmm. sometimes be afraid to like open themselves up in that way because of their spines and i think this is going to help inform part of what my writing style is going to be yeah dang that's really cool and i already am getting this image of your character now building up um even on the first the first part that is amazing and the next step is is a pick two list. You choose two that people assume you are based on your writing, and two you actually are. And you can feel free to pick off of these lists if you want, or, or, or things that aren't specifically on these lists if you want. Um, most of them are just at least uh, starter sets to, to file into the aesthetic. Um, I think... I think I know the two assumptions. I think the assumption is I am pretentious and romantic as a writer. Um, and I think um, I think casual and maybe I think casual and contemplative might be what I actually am. 
Okay. I, I think it plays into that desire for like warmth and intimacy, but like in terms mm-hmm. of my writing, but me as a person, very hard to express that. Okay. Do you have any particular um, ideas on, on how that presents uh, just based on like maybe talking to or, or watching your character or even reading their, their writing? Um, I think I think a lot of the writing is a lot more flowery and a lot more expressive than I actually am when I talk. I, I think you'll I like by the end of this I will at least written one poem during play. <laughs> I'm certain of this about myself. Um, I and you will definitely see like the ways all of my poems are very like expressive and metaphorical versus like when I think when uh, this character's talking, it's going to be very like, yeah, they're just like kind of chilling and a little quiet and a little maybe not the best at this, but okay. they like they they they're very anxious maybe in person, but they express all of those complicated feelings with like eloquence on their writing. All right, I like that, um, and that's. Props to you if you do get a poem done, but please don't pressure yourself. Cause oh, oh, I, I this is I, I can it, if I'm in the flow of this character, there's a strong chance I can get one before this. It just depends on if I'm feeling it. I might be. I'm that's, already that's really liking cool. my energy in this. Yes, I'm. I'm enjoying the energy as well, um, and. As a sort of weird tangent question, um, considering everybody in this world is animal folk, um, sizing sizes can get weird <laughs> and, and very like differently scaled. So I wonder, I wanted to know if you had like a general like size for your for your character because I play a rabbit who's uh, a big bun. I'm six feet tall. Oh. <laughs> So you can you can be kind of you can you can be however ranged you want. Uh, I've played with people who were like four inch tall lemmings. Oh. I think big enough to sit on like this is the most abstract thing in the world. I am big enough to sit on a log, but not big enough for my legs to like touch the ground as I do so. If that makes sense. Like I think that makes complete sense, and that's honestly the most wander home descriptive thing I can. (laughs) It felt true to the text. Yeah, and I got the perfect idea of just that in my head. So wonderful description. Our so far our um, hedgehog poet who uh, writes about. Uh, romantics and, and pen- what was the word? Pensive or pretentious? Yes. Pretentious romantic writing, but is actually uh, flowery and expressive, right? No, that's not the one. It was casual and contemplative. Casual. Yeah, casual and contemplative. There we go. Um, I will quickly go over the things that I chose for my character. Uh, Mina Leftfoot, the rabbit moth tender, uh, a big bun, six feet tall. Um, There are two things that she is. 
she is curious and trusting. Uh, in two things that she is not, although her job asks her to be proper and blunt. Uh, so very, uh, very roundabout way of communicating and talking. So already there might be some interesting interactions there between our two characters. Um, and, and we can move on to the next segment, which is to choose three to four things uh, to describe your look. Um, and again, you can feel free to pick more of these or even go off of the, the list to whatever you feel fits your character. Um, delicate spectacles, absolutely. Um, I think they're going to be like sort of the tiny, like round rimmed ones, uh, with like a purple lens because I love purple. It is my, my color. Um, Me too. I love purple. I gotta, I gotta keep some purple in there somehow. Um, I think, I think I'm going to have a cloak full of pockets and I think it's a very funny like it's i'm deciding whether or not the cloak is going to be in one piece or several small like quill spots through is Um, it potentially a lot of pockets from other cloaks that are like quilted together yes i i think i think so and i think it's because like due to being a hedgehog i probably rip the fabric more often than i'd like to admit and i just sort of take the pieces of other cloaks that are still good and working uh and just make them into like this this one is my go-to favorite cloak now i like that um are Um, are the pockets full of things or or is 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 the coat itself just have a lot of pockets i think it has a lot i think there's like three that are like way too full in the very front of the cloak and like logic would dictate to simply put other things in the other pockets but no those are my three (laughs) like good ones that i really trust yeah um you always got to pick your best pockets i exactly i got like three pockets i I can always trust universally this is a feeling i have like one jacket pocket i'll always trust in my right pants pocket trust those in my life oh yeah um i think instead of the battered briefcase if i could have like a messenger bag that is still equally as battered i think the messenger bag would fit more if that's a that's a aesthetic possibility oh, yeah oh yeah P- please just take whatever and, and either add other stuff or tear it apart and do whatever you feel is is true to your character that's uh, the best um, part about it yeah i think i think that and then i don't i don't think instead of ink stained hands i think the the bag is very ink stained around like the flaps like for opening it up. Mm. Okay, so it's like your hands were, but you're kind of like drying it off on yes, the back. Yes, very much. I really like that aesthetic. <laughs> All right, that's super cool. Um, and to to go back to purple being the best color, um, my character Mina has a little floof on the top of her head that's dyed purple because it's also her favorite color. I love that. Um, yeah, uh, that's um, that's. Oh gosh, I just I love the imagery so far. This chef's kiss. This is amazing. Uh, 
the the things that Mina carries um, for her look are a lunar calendar. Uh, side note: there are four moons in this world. <laughs> um, there's a there's a lunar calendar, um, a small pair of reading glasses, a map of the local moth tower, and the sense that I'm in over my head. Just to add on to that uh, big anxious bun energy. And yeah, okay, that that covers that. Uh, and we can move on to the next segment, which is about um, your writing. All right. Uh, do you want me to read this sort of? Uh... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, go, go along and, and read kind of what the thing we're about to build is and, and walk us through what your project is. Um, all right. You're writing a novel, autobiography, thesis, song, or collection of poems based on your journey. Choose one you're writing about, one that is metaphorically intertwined, and one that unintentionally crept its way into your project. Um, I think I'm absolutely writing about the everyday lives of your fellow travelers in a collection of poems. Oh, yes. Um, I think metaphorically this sort of entwines with a place that doesn't exist but you hope someday to spot in the clouds in the people who claim to have been there i think metaphorically this is just the dreams hopes and ambitions of other people i encounter Ooh. and i think unintentionally crept its way into your project is another person's journey that you follow in the footsteps of Ooh. okay I'm just typing these out here. Okay. How, I mean, maybe we don't know this yet since it's unintentionally crept its way, but, but how do you think that kind of like visualizes is, um, or if it is something you want to, to visualize in, in the story at the moment? I think it's one of those things of I I started my journey as a writer, whether or not intentional to not to prove somebody wrong, but to I think make someone like proud in that person's journey is sort of the whether intentionally or not, I am they they are always been a part of this story in a way that I haven't realized it yet as I'm writing these poems. Mm. Okay. And like I think it may have been like a family member was like a tried and true like wanderer who did this for, you know, maybe more glorious reasons or less artistic reasons and considers the act of like writing for writing's sake needless and mm whether I want to or not, that person's sort of journey will always be part of what my project is, whether or not to prove them that my art is legitimate. Okay. That's cool. I, I like that. As a, as a shoot off question from that, um, is, is there a potential of wanting to explore and discover a place that, um, that this previous, adventure had been like like is there a scene where we see like a mark on the tree that you remember that person had or 
I is that more so. just yeah. in the background? Okay. I, I think I think on occasion, like they had a very distinctive, like like let's say they they had an X that was made in a certain way, um, mm-hmm. and like these were these places that like you rest at were like you you rest for you know for sleep and comfort. Whether I rest for for artistic like like these places inspire me. They're not just a place to lay my head. This is a place that makes me want to create more and sort of finding like maybe the argument between something for aesthetic value or practical value. Mm-hmm. And I think that may be how it like shapes itself. Oh, okay. That's okay. Okay. Um, feel free to like cut me off if I'm getting too far ahead, but I'm kind of picturing this, this image right now of um, maybe like uh maybe like the overhang of a cave or a particular tree in some way that that's very utilitarian yes um, but but we we can see that oh this person used it for just a resting place to get away from the rain but if you look at it from like a different angle it's like a beautiful face or something in the mountain or i, I think that's just exactly like that's exactly the same same vibes i'm thinking of all right cool I like that. Uh, I just, okay. So I just, I just like asked about that one in particular, but I definitely, are there, do you want to expand on any of the other three at all or, or just move on? I didn't mean to. Oh no, no, you're good. Um, I think the other ones are a lot more self-explanatory, honestly. Oh, uh, like I, I sort of explained the place that doesn't exist as I like described it. I think yeah. it's it's a metaphor, and just yeah, the everyday lives of your fellow travelers. I think uh, this, this character is someone who is just inspired so much mm-hmm. by like the beauty of of people in the world around them, and the way that sort of like they they are just find something so beautiful about the world around them. That's super cool. I really like that. Um, before moving on to the next step, I will talk about the uh, the Moth Tender playbook, my, my part of that stuff that I had. Um, and I select three packages or letters that I carry and where they're going. Um, how I've been thinking about them is more of like story prompts. Um, one of them I've been carrying this entire time, uh, canonically, but to make to get rid of the awkward, uh, you've been carrying this letter for like a year and a half or however long and you haven't delivered it yet. <laughs> I'm saying if we ever want to like explore one of those, that'd be the the, the time I get it, <laughs> obtain it. Um, but the, the letters I carry and where they're going are a summons from the king of the floating mountain for a cheerful old farmer with a big family a basket of homemade candies for a cheerful young rabbit who just moved to the big city. And the, the third one that I've had with me for, for a few episodes now is a hand knit sweater for the venerable God of the ancient forest. Hmm. Um, And this sweater has kind of been collecting certain things um, as, as, the journey continues in certain places. Uh, one episode, it had a small and forgotten god of yarn and wool be knit into it um, so that god could then experience a journey of its own. 
and at a separate ancient forest, magical forest, it got bedazzled by little amber gems. <laughs> so who knows if I'll ever find out where it goes or if it'll just keep collecting memories. And of course, if any of those uh, pique your interest, we can always explore them oh, yeah. and play as well. Uh, so yes, now now on to the final part of the playbook. Um, you have two things that you kind of carry with you. Why don't you read off kind of what they're supposed to be and in, in the two that you have been drawn to. Gotcha. Choose one you read from constantly and one you have memorized. Tell the table about them. Um, I know the one I have memorized, Natch. It's going to be my mother's journal written in her spidery handwriting and full of pressed flowers. I think for some reason I feel like this character's mom was like the impetus of I want to go and explore the world. And maybe, maybe she's since passed or maybe she's just gotten older and she can't anymore. And this was sort of a like a family right of like go see the world um and just sort of this this thing of like i've memorized it so i can never i don't have to risk it getting ruined mm. because if i i pull it out and let's say i trip in something or something like that happens then i run the risk of something bad happening to it and i think i've just committed those uh entries to memory by this point yeah i like that um, and in terms of the one I read from constantly, um, I think I, I think it might be the a tiny guidebook full of practical life advice gifted by your local bookseller when you set foot. I love that one so much. <laughs> and I, I think it's one of those things of like, I, I am aware that I, my head is always in the clouds and very much thinking an abstracted metaphor. And it should be nice to have something to sort of keep me grounded mm -hmm. in terms of like when I'm thinking too much. Do you um, every now and then read from it aloud when, when you need a particular set of advice? Oh, probably. That feels right. I really like that. That, that pairs with um, <laughs> one that I chose for, for Mina, which is the, care, the, the wisdom of your caring adoptive mother who told you to always be yourself. And I've taken that as a way to just kind of interject a little, as my mom once told me <laughs> uh, throughout the stories, uh, if I ever come up with a little, <laughs> little thing. So I, I like the, the parallel there. That's really cool. Uh, and then since I'm talking about it, the other thing that, that Mina chose uh, was a promise that she made to her best friend that weighs heavy on her heart. Um, and Mina's best friend is a small red panda named Elacor, um, uses Zay Zem pronouns, and Mina left them back in their hometown. Um, with the promise that one day the two of them will uh, find a moth tower together and work together because Elicor's passion is collecting postage stamps. <laughs> <laughs> I love that for some. Yeah. But Mina's on this journey has been for a while. So every day she kind of 
remembers that promise or or tries to um, push past the sadness of not completing that promise. So there's been a through line of her trying to push past the past <laughs> a little bit. Um, okay, wonderful. We have most of the two of our characters built. Um, I have uh, the last thing on the playbook is these ask one to the left, one to the right questions that are used to kind of connect our characters together. Uh, before we get to that, I have um, another quick question based on all of this, and we can start talking about how our characters met. Um, because as I as I might have mentioned before, the beginning of our actual play session does not have to line up with um, the exact meeting of our two characters. If we want, we can make it like an episodic TV show that just cuts in like at any point. Okay, wonderful. But the question that I wanted to bring up now that we kind of have this idea of of this image of your character is um, what are you looking forward to exploring most in the Haith? Or is there any particular feeling or location um, or, or, I guess, plot that you would like to uh, investigate as we play sort of kind of a question along the lines of uh, is there anything you want us to press towards in our in our play um I think it's it's the desire to find something like aesthetically moving and whether that's mm. like melancholy or or joyous I I think just something that like leads us to have a very quiet moment of introspection is I think the thing that my character would be most interested in. And I think I do have a name in pronouns as well. Now. Okay. Yeah. Let me, let me hear. Um, I think their name's going to be Baldwin and they're going to use they or them pronouns. Okay. Baldwin, the hedgehog. And just to confirm that's, uh, B-A-L-D-W-I-N? Yes. Okay, cool. I want to make sure I'm spelling that right. They, them. All right. I like Baldwin so far. They, uh, they're very cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I got the name just because I was thinking about like my favorite poets, and I have a deep, deep love of James Baldwin in particular. Mm-hmm. So I think this just comes back to like my, my love of poetry as well. I really like that. And that's a great inspiration for our name too. Um, okay. So then touching back to that last point on the playbook, the one to the left and one to the right questions, um, we can kind of talk through maybe how we met if we want to. Um, and I can ask you one of mine first if you would like, but from these four questions here, is there any particular one that you would like to ask me about our connection together? I'm interested in the first one and the third one. Uh, what did your style of storytelling teach me? Uh, oh, first one and the second one, my apologies. Or what's your okay. favorite part of my writing? Those two are the ones that are so fascinating to me. I think I like the top one a lot. Uh-huh. 
Okay, then I'll give myself a few more seconds to get to my answer on that one while I answer the 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 what's your favorite part about my writing um, because I think the the way that your writing um, kind of highlights certain aspects of of the stuff you're looking at like you said it was a little bit romantic so so brings out some of the potentially hidden beauty in the nature around um, I think Mina really likes that because uh, it gives her a chance to to appreciate things in a different way and either write about them to her best friend or uh, write a cool postage or draw a cool postage stamp uh, of it, (laughs) Uh, which is another thing she's kind of been doing uh, as in her travels, uh, just making postage. Um, So I think she really likes that and how, how it helps her like look at things and find a beauty in a, in a different way. Um, And I think, potentially what my style of storytelling has taught you is that you can still find beauty without long contemplation. (laughs) That's perfect. (laughs) Because Mina will um, very much go on kind of, I'm not long winded conversations, but very much jumping from subject to subject Um, and, and her way of storytelling or telling her past adventures kind of mimics that as well where she'll be going along one thing like oh yeah we were in this ravine full of this weird cool mist and then oh my gosh i got super drunk (laughs) and and like tell you about like certain things in in that way um so maybe it shows you that you don't necessarily have to have a long cohesive (laughs) cohesive story I love that so much. Yeah, no, Mina tells stories the way that I I dare do uh, <laughs> when I'm just hanging out, in which the ADHD brain is off all on full tilt. Oh yeah, I um, yeah, that's a <laughs> that's a little bit of me there too. <laughs> um, and. I will okay. Now I will ask you um, some questions from my uh, the Moth Tender playbook, and I think actually the first one I'll ask is: Do you think the moths are as beautiful as I do? Considering we're talking about all this beauty in the nature, there's something I think is like super super rad. <laughs> what do you think about the moths? Um, yeah, I do think I I I think the answer is yes based on the fact that I that was the other playbook I was looking at. <laughs> um, yeah, I think... Because they're just... They're, they're just sort of dedicated to helping see, like, the, the delivery, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that is... I, I think they're, they're so focused in, like, dedicated to one single, like, to one single job that I find that, uh, like, admirable in a way. Yeah. All right. I like that. Um, Mina definitely really likes moths. <laughs> um, she thinks they're very pretty. Um, and then I will ask, hmm, I'm always questioning if I ever want to like branch off from these questions. Cause I've, I've asked a few of them a couple times 
the way they're phrased, they always end up with different answers. Um, but I think um, I think I'm going to twist around to the first question that 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 asks, "What is it about my job that so appeals to you?" and kind of ask, um, "Why?" Either why have you started traveling with me on this journey, or, or um, what has brought us together? Hmm. And, and if you don't have a particular answer for that, there's there's no worries. Um, you can also feel free to bounce anything off of me. I think Baldwin sort of finds something very charming and like not ironic but something very like i think serendipitous of like by by traveling with someone whose job is to deliver uh letters and deliver mail um i i we we have in in the way balden would say this uh which is we both have a job of delivering uh delivering words to people the only difference is I write the words I, I deliver. And I think it's something like that that Baldwin finds very quaint and charming in the serendipity of delivering words. Yeah, that's very cool. Okay, I like that. Um, and then the last question I will, will have for you is to, to introduce a physical attribute to the world. But before we get there, I feel like I keep saying before we get there, but um, at the end of your playbook, there is a small list of some things that you can always do. Um, And these are kind of just freebies that you get to add to the fiction if you wish to. Um, If you want to read those off, you can, um, if you feel like they fit. Um, yeah, some things you can always do. Self-deprecate. That one's very funny to start with. Oh. Uh, that's it's a mood. Cite your sources in hopes that they can help. Write down a moment that feels relevant to your project, which I will absolutely be taking full advantage of. Provide a new perspective others might not have. Ask what used to be here. Ask, can you explain? You get a token if you sit down and talk me through it. Oh. Um, and yeah. Cool. I like those very much. And also, if you ever forget that they're there, don't worry either, because I forget mine are there. Uh, I kind of see the mechanics of this game as as less of a it won't work if you don't use them and more of if you're reaching for something, there there's something there to yeah, lean on. Sort of help you frame it. Yeah. Um, and I think I know what I like the thing I'd like to add. Yes. Uh, let me hear all about it. Um, I think the the real question is it's it's a big tree, but the real question is is it a hollowed out tree, and and is it standing or is it a hollowed out tree that is on its side? Hmm. Because I find both fascinating of like a makeshift like vertical like place to live in a hollowed out like vertical still standing tree. Is it potentially a pair of trees where one is still standing, but the other is not? Like maybe those trees that kind of like start as one, but then branch off into two. Oh, yes. I love that. 
Um, and I think this is in terms of the stuff I was talking about earlier of like finding beauty in the uh, in the things that someone else would consider more practical. Um, you know, I see these trees and I want to know what their story and their history is. What someone else can see a hollowed out tree on its side is like that's a place to sleep. Yeah. Um, do you, um, for this tree, either A, do you have a name that is jumping around in your head for it, or is this something that you may want to explore in play, or or just like be like, that's a cool tree. I put it in here. Uh, <laughs> it's really cool. I, I think this, this tree may be one that I come back to often to think about. Okay. Um. And I'm thinking of a name. Um, it might just be the Star-Crossed Lovers. Oh, that's so good. Oh, my and gosh. That's the right level of pretentious and romantic for Baldwin. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my gosh. I want to hear more about this tree, but for the sake of time, <laughs> like, oh gosh, yeah, that tree's got some history, I'm sure. I'm having a ton of fun already. I'll be honest, I'm, I am loving every aspect of this game. I'm very glad to hear that uh, because I also. A, I'm having fun in this specific session as well, but always get this wash of. Of just like, I mean, I guess it's endorphins uh, or <laughs> whatever, but just happiness when I even even through this character creation process of the game, because it's as much playing as like scenes to me. Oh yeah. So I'm glad that 